Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry present Journeys in Faith. Now, here's Andy Santis. Hi, welcome to Journeys in Faith with Andy Santis here on Fiat Ministry Network. Thank you for joining us on this Friday evening. And also for those who are listening on podcast, I invite you first also please to come back to Fiat Ministry Network, like the page, and also to subscribe to Patchwork Heart Ministry, which is where the podcast is being broadcasted. I'm so excited because this evening I have an amazing guest. His name is Michael Rosala. He's coming to us from Western New York. He's a pastoral associate and also a Catholic author. We have so much to talk about. So first, I want to welcome you, Michael. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Anne, so much for having me on. Yeah, you have an amazing faith story. And I know that for this first half hour of the show, this is a one hour show here on Fiat Ministry Network. Uh, we're going to spend some time learning about your life, faith, and mission. And a lot of times that's what we discuss here on the show uh, because people's faith stories are so important in learning about God and learning about how he works in all of our lives. So I thought maybe we could start out with just your own journey and share as much as you'd like. Sure. Our, our, our personal witness is so important because it shows where our faith comes from and helps people to connect with us. And it's, it's so different for everyone. For me, I did come from a good Catholic family and it was really impressed on me by my family that uh, the Catholic faith is the most important thing in our life and in our world. And um, uh, I was had the opportunity to be homeschooled uh, fourth grade through through high school, actually. Um, then uh, I had uh, good experiences with that. Uh, of course, uh, as in high school times, as with a lot of kids, you have to think about yourself and what do I really want? What do I really believe? And either make it your own or not. And uh, I was a little bit worried about if I could really live out this life to the fullest. Is this something that I can really do? And so I went to Our Lady and started praying the rosary, went to confession and experienced the power of God in my life in a really powerful way, realizing that God was working in a way that I couldn't do on my own. And so I realized this really is the most important thing. There's, this really is um, what uh, life is about, what God is calling us towards. And so in, uh, in high school, I started reading Scott Hahn, doing some theology, and ultimately went to uh, college at Franciscan University of Steubenville in Ohio. And um, then we had just, it's a great environment there with the other students growing in Catholic community, living in a household with uh, brothers who are trying to grow in their faith together, and being able to be in ministries on campus. And I always felt called to find different types of ministries that would challenge me as a person, help me to grow in different ways that I wasn't comfortable in. So I started out with, with maybe what I was more comfortable and then uh, go on to something else and be trained in something that I wasn't, that was more out in the deep end. Um, and um, I ended up going to grad school there for theology as well, undergrad in philosophy theology. And I um, uh, ultimately, I, I ended up, uh, I was, my, kind of my, my aim was actually to be a professor of theology. And now I, I actually, I adjunct professor at Niagara University. 
uh, but later on felt called more to parish ministry and in that direction. Uh, but I did end up in a doctoral program at Ave Maria University. Uh, decided that wasn't really the, the direction I wanted to take the, the rest of my life in, but it just so happened that my future wife, my future spouse was on campus and we never actually met at that time. Interesting. Ave Maria University in Florida. Yeah, and so it wasn't until uh, years later, um, maybe eight or eight or so years later that we met on Catholic Match uh, and, and kind of came up together as a match in, in the Buffalo area. And also little did we know that we had both um, actually been technically on the same parish staff at the same time as well. Uh, you know, wow. it wasn't like our main job. It was like a, a, a side thing in the evening, or at least for me, it was at the time. And so we, uh, I, I was there for a couple of months, but, but little did I know that they should, we were actually on the same staff, right? And um, we ended up, of course, connecting and noticing how many friends we had in common. And, uh, you know, actually uh, uh, on Catholic Match, I had been on uh, Catholic Match and some other uh, Catholic dating websites for a while. And did have some relationships that came from that, that were, uh, you know, that, that it just wasn't ultimately my, my call to be my future spouse, right? But uh, I, I was just at the point when, when I bet Kate online that maybe I should take off what my real desire of my heart was, you know, which was to be a Catholic ministry couple to, uh, right, to share our faith together. Maybe this, this scares women off nowadays. <laughs> Maybe I should just take that off, um, even on Catholic Match. And it was just then that we connected and it became you know, pretty clear to us in the first two weeks or so that we might be called in this direction. Yeah, it's an amazing story. And um, I should also add how, how you and I know each other is the way that we met was through the Mercedarian Parish that's in Leroy, New York. It's called Our Lady of Mercy. And also your mother-in-law, uh, Denise, is uh, an employee there. And I work for a foundation that happens to be through the Mercedarian Religious Order. It's called the St. Raymond Onatzis Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. I brought that up many times on this program. And you and I met and you started to tell me the same story. And I said, wow, this is just an amazing story. And that is how I connected with you and your wife, Kate. So grateful. And you guys have just a beautiful faith story of how you met. So I'm grateful that you're able to share that with our viewers because there's some people who are watching that may be feeling they'll never find that right person. Well, you were able to do that through something like Catholic Match. I know that it doesn't always work, right? Well, but no, it, it's something that it it helps you be intentional about what you are, what, what your intentions are. And mm -hmm. in finding someone who you can be equally yoked with, someone who can share your faith, it's got to be difficult to, um, you know, not be on that same footing to try to perhaps lead them in the right direction, which, you know, scripture itself uh, gives advice in leading your spouse in the direction of Christ, right? But if, if you can find someone with whom you're equally yoked, what a blessing. What a blessing. And... Can please continue with that story. I just wanted to mention how you and I are acquainted 
and and grateful that you can be here on this evening to tell your story. So please Absolutely. continue. And thank you so much. Thank you. So what happened next? If you can continue there with uh, that story. With, well, I, I was trying to arrange the pictures that um, your producer was putting on. I was saying it kind of goes like first comes love, then comes yes. marriage, then comes the baby carriage. There uh, we go. Baby, baby carriage came came next. And uh, so we have, uh, we had a honeymoon baby actually, and uh, Joseph Anthony. And There's a wedding. Like, wow, He's how'd you get a honeymoon the baby? Photo. Like a Catholic, right? <laughs> um, uh. And so uh, Joseph Anthony was born May 5th, and uh, he's almost two and a half months old now, uh, even though we, we, we was born in the middle of the lockdown and we had to have a lot of trust and faith, you know, getting through all that. And then we finally were able to get him baptized on uh, June 30th, which is my birthday. Your birthday. Yes. So... You know, kind well, of a tradition in my family of uh, baptisms on birthdays. I was baptized on my grandmother's birthday. Oh, what a great tradition. Yeah, yeah because is, isn't it? It's like your um, natural life begins and your uh, supernatural life begins as well. And, and you are a person who's very educated in catechesis. So I must mention that. So uh, I know that's something we're going to talk about a lot in the second half of this program. So be sure to watch the whole hour because Michael is going to be with us uh, until 930 Eastern time on this Friday evening that we are here on Fiat Ministry Network. So we just looked at some of those beautiful pictures of you and Kate, the wedding, and also Joseph and the baptism. Tell us about how those wonderful experiences of the sacraments and getting married having your first baby, it's just an amazing time for you and your wife uh, and your new family. Yes, it, it is. It's really, it's really wonderful. And at the um, wedding mass, uh, just it, we wanted to make the faith central. We wanted to, the most important part to be what it really is, which is the, the mass before God uh, in front of the community to profess your vows, to receive the blessing. And uh, just some of the things that we remember the most, just the, the kind of the, the th thundering congregation, be you know, before COVID where we're not supposed to sing now, right? <laughs> before, before that, and it was like everybody singing at the top of their lungs, these, the, the hymns, um, you know, and, and uh, uh, just gathered by a, a really faith-filled uh, celebration of, of matrimony. And we, uh, went off to the Adirondacks, you know, our, our honeymoon and bridesmaids and the groomsmen, they, they put um, all these Bible quotes on our cars we're going up. And the Adirondacks, it's a uh, small little little tourist town. So we had our kayaks up on the car and uh, people see you in the next town. They know who you are, especially when it has the newlyweds and they know that's that Catholic couple, you know, the pro-life bumper sticker. And okay. So like I am my beloved's and he is mine, right? <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. So yeah, and then um, uh, the um, baptism and the the birth, we, we were right in the middle of the coronavirus situation. We had uh, up in New York at the time uh, in Buffalo, New York, there was a little bit of an outbreak, and uh, we had to be really careful at a quarantine and and uh, because if I had any any fever or anything like that, I, I would get wouldn't be able to stay with with my wife and uh, she really needed that support and uh you know i was just able to be with her at the time that she needed me most but it, it was not without cause because i don't know my, my temperature went up to like 
right after we had this emergency C-section, um, my temperature went up to like 99.9 to like one more fraction of a degree and we're gonna have to ask you to leave. So mm. I was just really fortunate we were able to do that. And, you know, despite all the different unexpected things, God being there with us, uh, we were uh, able to, when, well, when we were told that we had to have an emergency C-section, uh, of course, we both knew that's not what my wife wanted originally, but this is what had to be for a number of reasons. And the first thing that we thought to do is to put the prayer line out. And of course, working at a number of working with the number of priests, one of the priests volunteered to come for the anointing of the sick. And with all Wonderful. the restrictions in the hospital, of course, that apparently wasn't allowed, but nobody objected. And he, he the only the only issue was there was an accident along the way. It slowed his, tra his travel time a little bit. And um, nobody questioned him. Nobody uh, gave him a hard time. He just came right in. And just, it, it was really a, a solemn moment to just uh, be in an uncertain situation. And wow, my wife and child are in danger. Um, they have, you know, all these doctors and nurses are rushing in and they're preparing the anesthesia. And uh, the most important thing is, wow, you know, the, the anointing is here. The baby has a blessing in utero. Uh, and so it was able to give us some comfort and peace. Then the next day when we started talking about getting a priest to come in for a baptism and the, the Catholic doctor said, well, yeah, of course. Well, they said, well, she's not ultimately in charge and we can't let you have that doctor come in. And so it, what happened was what God wanted to happen right then. You know, we're just in our, in God's hands little by little. Oh, what a, what a beautiful story. I'm so glad that you were able to be there the whole time and uh, how God intervened throughout that whole process of Joseph's birth and praise God. He's now baptized. He's two and a half months old. So tell yeah. us what's it like to be a dad? I mean, and what's it like for, for Kate to be a mother? It's just such a wonderful and exciting time for both of you. It is. And we, we were just so blessed to have mother's day and father's day. You know, the first Sunday that uh, Kate had with baby was mother's day. And um, you know, it's just, uh, humbling that we reflect God's fatherhood, you know, to, to, for, for, to, as a dad to have to reflect God's fatherhood for, for our child uh, and, uh, and for Kate as well, you know, the motherhood of Our Lady and uh, so forth. So it, it's just, you know, it's, it's a really humbling thing to just look, look at this child that kind of resembles both of us and he's looking up at us. He actually in that operating room, he recognized my voice, you know, all, among all the different doctors and nurses, um, I was the only voice before they brought him to mom, who was kind of tied down, literally, right? Um, <laughs> you know, who, who yeah. he was able to 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 really relate to, you know, hearing me in the womb, and we played him um, fr from uh, what my mom did for me, actually, you know, played certain songs in in the womb. And I uh, would always play Twinkle Twinkle with this, uh, um, with a xylophone app, you know, and he would recognize that song afterwards. And it's, it's hard to believe that, um, it's hard to believe in situations where people didn't choose life, you know, that this child remembers from the womb. Like uh, uh, the scripture says, I have fearfully, and, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, I knit you in my mother's womb.
and this child remembering from the womb, remembering our voice, uh, remembering our song. Uh, I'm a church organist as well. Uh, one thing that that really calms him down is the sound of the organ. Is that right? Loves the organ. When everybody else says it's too loud, that's when he loves it. Oh, hey, tell us about the baptism. I know that uh, you had the baptism. I was able to watch it on social media. Oh, wonderful. I'm here in the Philadelphia area. You're up there in Western New York and you had made the invitation to people, which was so great during this COVID-19 that people are not able to uh, meet in big crowds and we have to do the social distancing. So tell us about the baptism ceremony and how beautiful was that? Oh, it was a blessing to have him baptized and to have a, a really faithful ceremony. And my uh, college roommate, actually, who later on became a priest, was the godfather. He came up from Pennsylvania, actually, from uh, Southern Pennsylvania, Father Daniel Ishni. Um, and the um, we, we were just glad that it could happen. I mean, right, right now, uh, baptisms in our diocese are not allowed at Sunday mass and there are all these restrictions on baptisms. We we were just able to, with the, when we, you know, once we heard that the 25% of the congregation is able to resume at mass then the priest said, said, okay, able to get right in there. And uh, as a child of God, now my mom has this theory about um, maybe the babies will um, sleep a little better after baptism. She hasn't been proven wrong. You said that. Yes. Oh boy. Awesome. Awesome. Now we have a lot to talk about during this show because uh, Michael, as I said, he is a pastoral associate, a Catholic author, a music minister. Um, He has so many gifts and talents when it comes to knowing his faith and passing it on to others. And you mentioned that you and Kate are uh, what you said on Catholic Match, a ministry couple. So that's also uh, pretty awesome. And you're able to really celebrate your faith and pass it on not only to Joseph, but also to others, everybody you meet and here on this program, uh, able to let people know about uh, how important it is to celebrate faith during this time. So uh, I wondered if you can just tell us maybe before we start that second half of the show, where we're going to talk a lot about your work, is how your faith developed to get to the point where you decided that you wanted it to be uh, a mission for your life, but also your work too. Was there a point in your life that you decided that this is exactly what I want to do with my life? Well, I guess there were a couple points. Um, I'd say, uh, again, with that second conversion in high school, realizing that not only is this the most important, but this is going to be most important for me. Uh, also, I think as was kind of defining for my generation, uh, the events of 9-11 actually made an impression on me of just uh, the different ambitions that I had at the time versus thinking about, well, what actually matters, what actually is enduring. Um, you know, just kind of like I was visiting some relatives uh, for, uh, not not too long before 9-11, just remembering being there and, and, and uh, the towers looked like this immovable thing that could never go away. It was just like this mountain and they're gone, you know? And so what, what endures, you know, and starting to think about uh, what is most important. And so ultimately resolve that the, 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 the church, uh, that uh, the gospel is the most important. And that in these times when those are challenged so strongly from all sides, 
it just seems to make sense to want to act in a powerful way in our life in, in support of the gospel and the church. Absolutely, because you were probably maybe in high school when that happened, or were you younger? Yes, I was. I was uh, high school age when that happened. Yes, I can't imagine because uh, for people who are under the age of eighteen, it must have been a very major impact on your life yeah. and faith. And having connections to the New York area, so forth, um, and and maybe even having a, not the everyday familiarity with it, but just kind of like an out of town or upstate New Yorker, uh, and just kind of thinking, wow, you know, this is the big city. This is this is uh, being more impressed, I think, than a, someone who lives there. I would say. That's right. But nevertheless, yeah. your felt your faith developed. Yeah. So through college, was your faith strong? Tell us about that experience. Yeah, yeah, it was stronger in college. Uh, I'd say that it was more, the, the faith was never in question, uh, just a matter of growing as a person individually, emotionally and so forth, and uh, helping with, with the faith and with the faith community to get me to the next point. Amen, amen. And so life went yeah. on and you prayed about finding a spouse and lo and behold, through uh, God's providence, Kate came into your life. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, <laughs> if if only it just seemed like okay, next Kate comes, right? But but it wasn't actually that way. It was many years, and uh, a lot of a lot of different struggles and so forth in life, and um, deciding about what to do to that really to go in the direction of ministry. And I, I was always practical in the sense of wanting to provide for my family. Uh, you know, in high school, I was my junior achievement president. I was originally a business major and uh, I was originally thinking about being business and theology. And, and, and people always used to, to laugh. They, they'd say, well, what are you going to be an ethical businessman or something? Of course, now <laughs> I see that that's very, very much uh, hand in hand. Um, but ultimately, it was Scott Hahn, I think, who convinced me to just go into what you really want to do, like completely put yourself into your passion, and then you'll make something of it. And, um, you know, then I was looking to go, should I go into psychology? I got my 18 credits in psychology, got accepted to a graduate program in that in that field. Um, ultimately, my household brothers, uh, they, they said, you know, you, you really have a gift for this. Uh, this is something that we think that God really called you to do. And so I, I stayed there at Franciscan for my master's degree. And again, I was planning on being an academic, you mm. know, so, you know, just getting a little more of a taste of what that, what that means, especially in today's uh, environment. And it's just like, well, maybe, maybe that's not really uh, the direction to go in. Uh, although, uh, you know, I'm really an academic at heart. I'm really, you know, a, a scholar in that way. Uh, but, um, you know, everywhere you turn, we are in a difficult situation, but it, it's, it's been this way before, not exactly in this way, but, uh, my goodness, you look at, I guess a little bit from my business background, one, one, one strategy is don't put all your eggs in one basket, you know, just diversify yes. your portfolio type of thing. Right. Well, I have, um, uh, work in parish ministry, I'm a church organist, uh, write books and, I'm an adjunct professor and it's just like on all sides, the church is facing struggles everywhere. Uh, it is, especially right now. Right. Our diocese, well, well, in New York state, 
uh, three of the dioceses so far have even had to declare uh, chapter 11. And um, on top of the spiritual struggles that were already happening, which may have precipitated that in the, in the first place. But, um, you know, now, now is a time more than ever to uh, be on, to, to be in, in the, the, the fray. Right, I mean, this is what I went for. And like some people, I mean, classmates and so forth, they, they, they always said, well, if, if things are not um, as they should be, why, why, are you, why are you even there? Why don't you go on to something else? And it's just like, well, no, that's why I went into it. I went into it because it is, we are in the fray. I didn't go to be somewhere where it's perfect, but rather to be, uh, you know, in, in a, a battle. Well, just as you said, you you wish to be a ministry couple, and I think during this time, you know, people like yourselves who are new parents, right? Uh, what a great example are both you and Kate to others, and and yeah. I just want to thank you both. Thank you. Yeah, you, you absolutely. To, I just realized that nowadays you, you've got to be who you are, you know, as as Catholic, as strong Catholic, we just got to be who we are, and we have to not be ashamed of it. And I think that, um, that, you know, there may be some people who are really called to um, get into more sticky situations or so forth. It's more mine to, to be part of uh, the institutional part of the church, you know, and to be um, very, very uh, proper about things, you know, and, and it was just to be a witness. Uh, so I think that we're called in different ways. Yeah. And I'm, like I said, the two of you are just uh, an amazing couple. Uh, and a great example and that's why you're here on journeys in faith and he's also been a guest on the podcast which is called sewing hope and i would invite listeners and people who are watching this video to go to youtube to patchwork heart ministry because there's another show where michael Rosal was a guest recently so you want to check that out too because there's some uh, great information you know when you do two different shows there's going to be different information on both uh, you share different parts of your story. Now, I also would like to invite people who are watching and listening to go to your website and learn more about your writing, especially you're an excellent writer. I'm so grateful too, because you gave me a copy of one of your books is michaeljrasala.com. You want to check out his website. In fact, we're looking at it right now here on uh, Fiat Ministry Network on the video. If you're listening on podcasts, you can't actually see it, but you can go to the website. Uh, his last name is spelled R-U-S-Z-A-L-A. So please check out michaeljrasala.com. Now, in a minute or two, we do have to take a break. Uh, we have so much more to talk about because this half of the show, we talked about Mike, Michael's life, faith, mission, and family. But next, we're going to really delve into his career as a Catholic author and a music minister and a a Catholic associate pa uh, pastoral, pastoral associate for people. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I know there's much more to your title than just those three uh, titles. So uh, we will be back here in just a few minutes. See you soon. Hi, my name is Ann DeSantis and I'm the director for the St. Raymond Onatis Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. You can learn about us on our website at nonatis.org. I'm here to tell you today about two great podcasts that I hope that you will tune in. 
the first Tuesday of every month at 8 o'clock, we have a podcast specifically for Catholics affected by divorce. From 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern, go to Philly Nonatis on YouTube to subscribe. In addition, we also have a podcast the last Thursday of every month. That's also at 8 o'clock Eastern time for one hour. And that one is for families in crisis. We have some really great guests coming up soon, so hope to see you then. Please also consider the fact that you can make spiritual direction appointments with us, with our spiritual moderator. All you need to do is go to our website on the contact form and just reach out to us. We'd be happy to hear from you and look forward to setting up an appointment. So we'd love to connect with you. Please share this video and let people know that we're there for families affected by divorce and also families in crisis. Thank you. Hi, this is Ann DeSantis. I'm here to tell you about two shows that I think you'll be interested in. One is called the Sewing Hope Podcast. It's with my co-host, Bill Snyder. It's on every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern and also on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. The show is all about sewing hope into broken hearts, so please join us. And it's on YouTube, Podbean, and on the TuneIn app, so check it out. I also want to tell you about my online TV show. It's called Journeys in Faith with Ann DeSantis. It's on 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time every Friday. It's a one-hour show, and it's on Fiat Ministry Network on Facebook. I have some great guests on both of those shows, so I hope you'll join me and learn about my ministry at my website. It's at andesantis.com. Thank you. Hello. Thank you again for joining us on Journeys in Faith here at Fiat Ministry Network. May I remind you all to please like this page on Facebook, Fiat Ministry Network, where we say yes to Jesus Christ. Isn't that the most important thing? In addition, this is also on podcast at Patchwork Heart Ministry with my friend and co-host of the podcast called Sewing Hope. So I would ask you to subscribe to that YouTube channel. It's awesome. And we do a live podcast every single week at Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, and also on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's also on demand too, but just wanted to mention that as you learned during the commercial. So back again here with my amazing guest, Michael Rosalo, coming from Western New York. He is a husband and a dad. That's his most important role, right, Michael? Yes, it is. And Vocation right. comes first. Vocation comes first. His, his a wonderful wife, Kate, who I know as well, and his mother-in-law, Denise, uh, as I am acquainted with her church because she is an employee at Our Lady of Mercy in Leroy, New York, with the spiritual moderator of the foundation that I'm the director for, Father Ken Breen, and also the pastor there, Father Matthew Phelan, on the show too, and on the podcast. So, uh, so great to have you here, Michael, because on this half of the show, I'd really like to focus on the wonderful work that you've done uh, in your work in Catholic ministry. So let's start out with your work as a Catholic author, because you are a really good author. And I looked at your website and you have a lot of books there. And for the people who can go on your phone or your laptop, you want to go on to Michael 
jrasala.com, R-U-S-Z-A-L-A.com. And look at this uh, website. It's actually on uh, Fiat Ministry Network right now as it's on the live show. Of course, those who are listening to the podcast can't see it. But Michael, please tell us about some of those great books that you have written. All right. Well, thanks, Anne. Uh, well, I have written a, a lot about the lives of the saints. I have a series of a four-volume series on the lives of the saints covering the uh, major saints of the church here from January through December. Uh, so that, that uh, just kind of a modernizing of Butler's lives of the saints, putting it in modern language, more uh, succinct and ready for bite-sized reading. And also, uh, let's see, right now I'm working on a four-part series of the four Gospels. Just finished actually in quarantine, the Gospel of John. Really happy about that one. And uh, the rest are forthcoming. Uh, but other, other than that, it's the uh, David and the Psalms is a favorite of mine, uh, especially being a music minister with the, the meaning behind the Psalms and the expression of his prayer through, through music and through poetry. Also, Mother Teresa, Calcutta, Padre Pio, Pope Francis, and uh, I'm probably missing some. <laughs> oh, you've Before done Before so I had much. kids, I had books. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, kind of my baby before my baby was um, who created God a yes that's a, the one that you gave me a teacher's David. guidebook mm -hmm. for um, answering children's tough questions about God and so the it's it's for people uh, teaching the faith to the young but so many people usually just find it as an answer to their own questions they've always wondered about. And I, in, in coming from grad school and even from a, a kind of a, a PhD theology program into parish life and working with kids, uh, people always said, well, you, you can't just jump right in there. But I always find myself falling back to St. Thomas Aquinas and answering the questions that children posed and realize the similarities. They both believe in truth and that you can find an answer, uh, that, that the answer can be known, that there's a wonder about the world and about creation. You look at the rest of philosophy and um, you, especially modern philosophy and they don't have answers. They have a sea of questions that, that never get real truth. Uh, Thomas Aquinas has the bedrock of faith and reason and Perhaps children can't know, can't can't be brought into the fullness of that, but they can be uh, worked into it with, uh, as Thomas said, from the sensible to the spiritual. Well, in the same way, from like symbolic activities, like a uh, Newton's cradle pendulum, uh, with uh, pulling that first ball to show God as the first mover. You know, and that's an image that it's easy to understand. It really and is. Why should we water it down? And why should why should we um, only give them what is fluffy when what they really want may be real answers to their questions? I would encourage people to definitely check out your website because you have really written a lot of books. Now I know that you shared with us on the podcast, on the Sewing Hope podcast, that the love of writing began pretty early for you. I wondered if you could tell us about that experience. Yeah, I have to go back to explain. A little bit about where I came from. So uh, I, as I mentioned before, I was homeschooled and had the opportunity to have that focus on the good, the true, the beautiful, 
and on kind of a well-rounded approach to a, a, a culture that comes from the Catholic heritage. Uh, and so at uh, maybe 10 years old, started, started writing my first uh, little newspaper, sold it to the, at the homeschool group for 25 cents, you know, oh. college fund. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and then later on in, in, in college and grad school, being able to be part of the campus newspapers and, and magazines and always have the thrill of the, the printed word and just loved, of course, reading and then want, and then seeing what I had written on, on the print, printed word. And um, I got involved with a publisher that is predominantly Catholic, but just looking for a, a general audience. It was Wyatt North Publications and they, uh, I, I have friends who have other friends in India. They said that they've read the books over there. Is that uh, right? They, they, they have wow. a free book of the month or every week or so they, they offer a free volume of a different book and they will get a, a very large number of downloads uh, just to get the word out there about religious figures. And so it's, it's open for, for everyone, but it's definitely, from mostly a Catholic perspective, and it gets the message out there just really um, in, in a way that people can easily digest, and, and right. they do. Well, keep keep up the good work. I know that we're during this pandemic, and you've been pretty busy just with Kate and Joseph, but I'm sure that we will see some new publications coming out for you yep. soon. Working now, on Gospel of Mark next, actually. Excellent. Now, you are also a music minister. I wondered if you could talk with us about that experience and also the power of music in liturgy. Yes, indeed. And I also started around the age of 10 being a music minister. And when my parish needed someone to step forward for the children's mass of the time and uh, there was no one else to do it, they were like, it's either you or nobody. So I did it, jumped in, did that until I graduated from high school, pretty much. Um, Later on, after I was more into evangelization, after when I was in parish life, I was thinking, wow, uh, we're bringing people to the liturgy, and what a powerful way to evangelize being, being a music minister and being able to reflect the readings, the Sunday readings, be able to kind of give a commentary through the music in the, in the Sunday readings, to be able to give a, a strong music ministry. And so, you know, at the time, I was thinking how, how much I could really provide for that. And so, one time when I was in between ministry jobs, applied to one of the one of the jobs here and uh, became a music director. And, and it's, it's been wonderful. That was the church I was ma married at and baptized our, our child at, St. Teresa, South Buffalo. And um, just... I, I love being able to direct the liturgy through the music. Like you can, you can make such a statement in the type of music that you select in, in the words, in the, in the, uh, sometimes you always have to ask which, which is going to be the deacon or the priest to give the homily to know what, what the offertory hymn is going to be. <laughs> you know, I can just yeah. tell okay, if, if, it's, if it's Deacon Bob, then it's going to be a little bit different <laughs> here. So <laughs> a little mind reading there. <laughs> you know, first, first, uh, <laughs> Uh, the right. emphasis will be love or that will it be um the theology of the trinity it depends who's given the homily so 
That's right. Hey, you've had to do so much and juggle a lot because like I said, you're a Catholic author, music right. minister. Now, what about your work as a pastoral associate? I know that during this pandemic that that role may have changed. Wondered if you could speak about that too, because how the pandemic has affected you and your ministry. Yes. And so the pastoral associate is a catechetical role in my, in my parish. So it's, it's a, a position that was brought together from several positions in the past. And I'm in charge of the religious education, youth ministry, adult faith formation, and uh, various creative outreach programs. And so our creative outreach programs lately have been especially with focus on social media uh, and the internet. And, and really able to get the parish, actually both of my parishes, from a, a place where you expected people to read the bulletin at a church, right, to a place where uh, they, they, they now have a, a very nice weekly newsletter in their emails with all sorts of links and videos and pictures to click on, uh, spiritual nourishment with different uh, prayers for every day on the website with the help of the parish staff that has been very proactive in trying to get the word out. You know, at St. Leo the Great in Amherst, we, uh, the, the, the pastor and the, and the parochial vicar have been very interested in, in keeping everything uh, safely running, even, even if we can't God. be there in person. You know, the masses on live stream, uh, they would try to get as much sacrament to the people as legally and diocesanly <laughs> allowed. You yeah, know? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Good work. But, you know, so I was able to make some of their dreams come true, you know, with the internet. So I was able to do that as kind of a millennial. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. All of those things are coming into play right now as yeah. we're still dealing, you know, with this pandemic. And although there are masses being celebrated now live uh, in many states, there's still some states, of course, that are really suffering with this pandemic. And uh, perhaps people are not able to get to mass right now. So I just want to thank you for the work that you're doing, like you said, to help to tie that all together, to bring that digital presence uh, to the parishioners. So uh, that's great. And so do you have any other additional thoughts on just what has it been like for you in dealing during this time uh, in the work that you're doing? I know you've probably done a lot of Zoom calls, right? I have. Oh, yes. And so what ministry looks like, we have we decided to keep youth group going on zoom mm -hmm. and uh so actually father matthew phelan and my mother-in-law uh they, they actually demonstrated without really intending to how to do youth group on zoom uh with these kind of awesome games and uh everyone can work them from their computer from their uh, smartphone so un unwittingly, that kind of became a new model for getting everyone together with Zoom, uh, screen sharing. It's been, it's been great. And then, of course, you have these conversations, you have prayer, uh, go arounds, and it, it kept everybody going. The uh, what else? Religious education. Fortunately, it was, it was towards the end of the religious education year, but uh, there were still a couple of weeks to go. So we went with uh, what my students at Niagara University showed me, which was Kahoot. Uh, it was like a app platform, puts everything into a game show type setting. Okay. They can also interact with their smartphones and select answers, watch videos, get content. So I did that based on the Sunday readings, put it together every 
uh, every every uh, periodically for different age groups, and we get a report on it. So we're hoping to be in person. We have our vacation Bible school with social distancing in person uh, next week, actually. So we, we have all, uh, you know all sorts of regulations and how you know so many people can be here, but we're just making it happen. And uh, confirmation and first communion are actually both tomorrow. With oh wow! So we're able okay. to do it. Fortunately, in our uh, area in Buffalo, we the coronavirus is very much under control. Of course, it's not gone, okay. but it is. Uh, we're, we're in a decent position at the moment. So very good. Praise God. That way. Yeah, can't say enough good. Just to back up a little bit, you mentioned uh, our Our Lady of Mercy, your mother-in-law Denise, and Father Matthew Phelan. Right. Uh, our Lady of Mercy is also a church where the masses are streamed on Fiat Ministry Network. So you want to go to uh, this channel here because many times daily mass is shown from that particular church, and also on Patchwork Heart Ministry on YouTube. So I just want to mention that and so glad that you could work together with your mother-in-law, Denise, and Father Matthew also in that endeavor. Now, I know that when we did the podcast, you talked about your experience in working with youth and young adults, especially the little kids. Uh, you told some great stories there. I wondered if you can reflect a little bit because you have a little one now. Joseph is just two and a half months old, but before we know it, he's going to be a toddler. I know when you, you were saying he's two and a half and I was thinking, oh, he's only two and a half months. He's not two and a half years yet. He's not 25 yet, right? <laughs> but right. it seems that way. The kids grow so fast. And um, at, at the parish, we have a, a preschool. And I come in every, once a week because of, of my musical background. and teach them their music classes. And I uh, just saw them today, actually. They, they, they thought that when they heard we were having a baby, they thought we were having the baby Jesus. Because I'm always <laughs> talking about Jesus. I said, no, oh. not the baby Jesus, it's the baby Joseph. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we incorporated the preschool into our vacation Bible school. And, and uh, this year, uh, they will not all be there at the same time. But uh, other years, they would all be all the parish and the preschool all, the, all together at the same time. And um, for some of them, this is really their first exposure to, the, to, to faith, to Jesus, to God. There was a small group question what, um, who introduced you to God for the first time? And one of them is like, Mr. Michael. Is that right? That's yeah. Oh, isn't that, blessing. you know, because people come what in a blessing. for childcare. They're, they're not necessarily Catholic and they drop their kids off here They're but they're okay with us teaching them mm -hmm. about, about Jesus, but uh, also working into the music classes, uh, faith as much as possible getting VBS is kind of the focal point of the year. We do it twice a year. And the music program kind of focuses on getting all the songs prepped for VBS. The youth group puts on, uh, helps put on VBS. Uh, the preschool uh, learns how to sing the songs. You know, it, it, it takes a while to get them all where they need to be, right? And the religious side as well. So it, it kind of brings everyone together. That's right. I, make my, I, I often make my own VBSs. This, this time is actually based on the SpaceX rocket that uh, went up the Dragon 5 or whatever, Dragon X went up uh, May 30th. And so, you know, what a connection to God's creation, to God's wonderful, amazing creation of the galaxies, of stars, of planets. And so our theme is space. Oh, sounds awesome. Uh, St. Joseph Cupertino on the first day, the uh, uh, patron of space flight because of levitation. 
Mm. Hey, you have a lot to do with Joseph, I think. You have so much more as, as a dad. I wondered if you could reflect also on your thoughts. You're a new dad, speaking to fathers who might be listening to this uh, show, either on TV or podcast, uh, especially being a Catholic father. Uh, what, what reflections may you have about that? Because you are a new well, dad. I, I am a new dad. And so, but I, I feel that the, um, we've been preparing for this for a while, you know, just, just in, in being learning how to be Catholic men it prepares us for Catholic fatherhood. And it, it, it prepares us to be the people who are going to reflect God's fatherhood to them, uh, especially during this time of the, the coronavirus and the, the pandemic, uh, being the one who could step out, who could go into situations, you know, that mom really shouldn't go into, you know, uh, with baby and so forth, it, be, being able to um, be there for her in the hospital, you know, uh, being able to take care of something when it breaks down, uh, you know, just, just feels good to be, be in that, in that role of father and a, a provider. And, um, you know, realizing I was always worried about it. Will God provide? Will, will I be able to provide? Uh, and there are so many ways that we do provide. Um, that's right. You know, and you're being like, a protector too, right? You know, I mean, that's also part of it. Yeah. You know, try to be prudent, prudent financially with working in the church. Mm -hmm. multiple jobs but uh also there are just so many ways of providing and it just it feels good to provide in different ways excellent i thought as we end the show pretty soon uh you mentioned the topic of faith and reason i know that's something that you are very interested in talking about if you can just speak to us a little bit about that what it means as catholics faith absolutely and i i remember as as a teenager and listening to EWTN or different shows, perhaps like this, mm -hmm. um, hearing the different talking points and uh, priests saying things in an authoritative way. Um, it's just like, is it because they said it? Is it because the Pope said it? Is it because um, it's just the way it is? And I would ask the questions. And so just like St. Thomas Aquinas always seems to have the question, why? Not in the sense of uh, let's get beyond this, but rather let's get into this. Let's let's probe the real truth underneath of it. And, and if you really take the time to study our faith, you can find the reason behind it. You can find that there is a whole bedrock of truth underneath what we have received in faith. And so, no, we cannot necessarily um, learn everything just by philosophy or reason, but that those two are compatible, that our faith is not just something that we're just told to believe without cause. Uh, it's something that is very well-founded. And th th that's why we have a, a trust of, of uh, the church's tradition, because it does pass on these truths. Now, one time I was giving a talk to a group of Catholic, well, catechists often, in this group, it was more uh, Catholic uh, ladies and they didn't they weren't necessarily bible study goers like some of our, our protestant brothers and sisters right they didn't necessarily know every corner of the bible but I, I asked them if there was a woman the woman clothed with the sun with the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars who would that woman be and of course they said well obviously it would be mary um 
you in the college setting talk to a protestant scholar or ministry professional and ask them the same question and they would say i have no idea quite honestly that's the difference between catholic tradition they, you didn't have to um take the you know brand Petra has a wonderful study on, on mary that will tell you all about that you didn't have to take that to know that that woman in revelation 12 is mary that's right yeah because I'm glad we talked on this topic you, you, you get that scripture whenever you go when you go to a, a marian holy day you see it in statues um the, the 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 faith is passed on in a traditional way it's all around us it's in our culture we absorb it and so then we go to bible study we go to adult faith formation theology class and then it shows us what we already knew it really is true yeah, it's good to talk about this. Now, I know that maybe at some later date, uh, you may be working with us with our Patreon, Discover Your Mission. That's something that uh, you and I were talking about earlier. Discover Your Mission is a special series that you can become a member. And if you want to learn more about that, you would go to patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry. And it's, it's just a wonderful uh, tool to help you grow in your faith where there's wonderful Catholic speakers who will help to educate you. And, you know, Michael Rosala might be one of those coming up soon. Uh, and one of those topics will be faith and reason, just like we just talked about. So there's a lot more to discuss on that topic, Michael, I think, isn't there? I'd love to talk on that. Yes. Now, as we're coming closer to the end of the show, I again want to invite all of you who are watching this show and listening on the podcast to go to his website again at michaeljrasala.com. Please check it out because he is a truly amazing author. And I know that for a fact because uh, I was given one of his wonderful books and I love it. So I, I'm very grateful for that because it's always great to have a good catechetical tool in your house. Uh, and it's easy to read too, Michael. I mean, uh, you are a very, very good author and are doing so much. So I wondered if you had any closing thoughts for those who are watching this show and listening. Sure. I would say that in today's Catholic culture, be who you are, be Catholic and be a witness. That's right. That's good advice. I know that St. Francis de Sales says, be who you are and be that well. And that's another uh, good phrase to reflect on because uh, God has given each of us a gift uh, in our vocations and in the talents that he's given us. And I think, Michael, you certainly are using those talents very well. So thank I you. thank you. Praise God. And I also congratulate you and Kate on your beautiful family and thank little baby you. Joseph. And I hope that you can come back again on Journeys in Faith. So we will see you soon. Now, one last thing I want to invite all of you to who are watching and listening is that there's going to be a special presentation on our Patreon site called Five Minutes of Faith. And you won't be able to watch it right away or listen to it right away, but pretty soon it's going to be available. And Michael and I are going to talk about three ways to bring a deeper catechesis to youth and young adults. And it's, it's a simple presentation, but it's going to be worth it to watch that show. 
So I, I invite all of you to come back again to my show here. We're on every single Friday evening at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. This is a live show on Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Radio as a podcast. So we will see you all again next week. Michael, thank you again for joining me. Thank you. Such an honor. God bless everyone. Journeys of Faith is a production of Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry. For more information about Journeys of Faith, email info at fiatministrynetwork.tv. And be sure to friend, follow, and like us on social media. Just search Journeys in Faith with Ann DeSantis.